You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. Universe, and welcome back to another episode of Earth Station MCU. My name is Jennifer Hartshorn, and tonight we are excited because we saw Doctor Strange this weekend. Yay! And we are going to be talking all about that uh, on this episode, and we are looking forward to it. So I would like to welcome back my co host, John Raven. I'm here to bargain. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yes. I, I, I had a, there was a, of course, because it's Facebook and I love cats and I love Marvel. So someone had posted a, uh, a cat dressed up as Dr. Strange. And I thought it was, of course, the most adorable thing, everything. And my caption for it was, I have come to bargain for your tuna. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So lots, lots and lots of stuff to talk about. First of all, I guess we can start off by saying uh, it had uh, a very good box office opening. Yep. Which is good. Um, it's uh, we're we're still waiting to get back official, you know, final numbers for the weekend, but it's looking like right around eighty-five million dollars, which ain't bad. Um, I believe the the uh, second highest grossing thing for the weekend was around like fifteen thousand. No, sorry, fifteen million or something. Yeah. So it was probably uh, I guess that would have been Hacksaw Ridge. I believe I think so. That was yeah. the other main thing that came out this yep. weekend. Yep. And uh it uh they're saying that if it I'm trying to find where that is. I believe it was um if it does uh about the same as uh if it has 2. Point, I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, which uh, Alex mm-hmm. Autry, our our local uh expert in such things recommended. It says uh if Doctor Strange has a 2.41 multiplier in terms of how much it's going to make over over the course of it being out, you would be looking at a domestic run of around two, uh 205 million dollars. But if it does the way Ant-Man did, which was much better than expected, uh, which was 3.15, it would end up being around 270 million. You know, either way, it's doing real well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not bad at all, especially for uh, Marvel's first foray into the mystical and the supernatural in terms of its movies. Exactly, and it's the first, um, you know, it's it's the first launch of a new character that we've had in a while. You know, we, yeah. had, we had an ensemble piece with Guardians of the Galaxy, but we really haven't, it's, it's all been sequels through most of Phase 2. Um, or, oh, yeah, you and know, Ant-Man. whenever we've gotten a new major character, mm-hmm. it's somebody introduced in another film. Right, right. Um, Ant-Man, I guess, being the exception to that. But uh, it was, I guess Ant-Man was mm-hmm. technically in Phase 2, right? 
Or was it beginning uh, of Phase 3? Yeah, fan, Ant-Man was the beginning of Phase 2. Uh, or, sorry, the end of Phase okay. 2. To me, it's always the beginning of Phase 3 because I always try to treat the uh, the Avengers movies as right, the bookends. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, it's, uh, it's doing good. <laughs> and it's yeah. doing very well overseas. Uh, they actually uh, got it the weekend before we did. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, the the feedback and everything is is great on it. Not everybody loved it, but not uh, everybody is ever going to. But, this is you know, very true. This is very true. Um, comic book reviews, which is uh, you, or comic book resources, actually, I believe it is CBR. Yeah. They had a review that was not great. I mean, it's kind of like damning with faint praise. They liked it. They they didn't dislike it, but they felt like it was too formulaic. And that's a lot of the less than awesome reviews I'm I'm seeing are saying it's too formulaic. What what do you think about that? It is a little formulaic and you know, there were those moments when I thought, okay, this here's something that was like Iron Man, here's something else that was like Iron Man. Yeah. But it really worked, and it, it kind of made it its own thing. This is it's like comparing, um, you know, Star Wars Episode Four to Episode Seven. Right. There are a lot of the same elements, but this is a different movie with different characters, mostly, and <laughs> uh, yeah, mostly for the Star Wars, not for this. Right. Right. Um, I know. You know, even though it's got you know kind of similar plot points, similar characters, and mm-hmm. whatnot, it still makes its own stamp. It's very much a different sort of movie than Iron Man ever was because we're tackling something completely different. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, the, the the subject matter is is different. You've got mentors, you've got buddies, and and you didn't really, you certainly didn't have those in Iron Man One. Um, you had buddies, but you didn't really have mentors. Right, right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, Rhodey. Yes, true. Rhodey was in in the first one, but but not. I don't know. It just just didn't seem the same. Now, I think it is a valid comparison that they're both very, very smart guys with excellent facial hair and Mm -hmm. uh, who are very technically minded. Um, If you ever uh, read the last um, Iron Man series that was out, you know, Doctor Strange shows up in it and Tony keeps calling them awesome facial hair bros. Right, right, which is totally (laughs) true, yes. Uh, I am a fan of, I I, I was first a fan of science bros. They'll always have a a, a place in my heart, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh, when we get Infinity War and we get some awesome facial hair bros. But, um... But yeah, I mean, or, you know, Sherlock's and or Sherlock Bros. <laughs> Sherlock Bros as well. That 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 works too. Yeah. There is a moment uh, where I, I forget what it is. Maybe you can remember. But there's, there's like mm-hmm. him and and Mordo are uh, are like on the edge of a I don't know a cliff or a building or something. And there's yeah. just a pause where Mordo looks over at him like what? And I was thinking that would be the perfect time to say no shit, Sherlock. But I guess a little, little... yeah, because it was kind of like that. I think this was a bad idea, and Mordo right. just kind of yes. like, you think? Yes, exactly. That's that's what it was. I think this was a bad idea. <laughs> no shits or like, exactly. But yeah, I mean, you have a similar kind of character, but the, the journey, literally and figuratively, is very different, I think. And, yes. you know, anybody who's, who's being critical of origin stories, they're, I mean... If, if you look at the basic plot points, it's, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately it's it's going to be the hero's journey. You know, it's like this is yeah. this is Joseph Campbell. This is Star Wars. You've got, you know, the the person 
who has a normal life and then their normal life get gets disrupted and at first yeah. they think they don't want to go along with it and then they find a mentor and you know it's it's and it's you know it's and this has been done several times in like redeeming oneself has been a constant right. theme in these movies whether it's iron man whether it's thor whether it's Ant-Man, whether sure. it's uh, Doctor Strange, they've all done it to a right. different degree. Right. You you start out with somebody flawed, and they get better over the course of the movie. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But uh, but we'll we'll talk about that more as 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 we go on and uh, and get through this. Um, so of course the the big controversy going into it was the fact that the ancient one, instead of being an Asian guy, was a white woman. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel Tilda Swinton did in uh, in this role? I thought she did great. And uh, speaking of that, one of my favorite moments with her is at the very beginning mm -hmm. when Strange goes into uh, Kamartage, sees the sees the older Asian man right. sitting off to the corner and assumes he's the ancient one. Right. When, you know, it's like, well, thank you for having me here. And suddenly Tilda Swinton goes, you're welcome. Right, right. And it's 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 almost putting the the kind of stereotypical ancient Asian master right. uh, stereotype on its head. And yeah. saying, well, this is what you expected. Well, this is what you're you're given. And we are we're changing your perception of what this can be. Exactly. It's it's sort of like the, the, the whole the whole theme of uh of Kemertage, which I keep wanting to call Kunlun, but uh that that kind of the whole That 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 comes later. I know, I know. But but the whole theme in, in Kemertage was um you know, learning to see things differently. And that's that's yes. kind of the, the first thing out of the gate. Um you know, some people are certainly, like I said, complaining about it being different. They're saying that it's whitewashing. They're saying that it's, um, you know, was was trying to get another female character in. What I'm not hearing, interestingly, is anyone saying anything about Baron Mordo. Because is he black in the comics? No, he's actually, um, I want to say he's Eastern European. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's interesting that some some switches just you know fly right under the radar at this point mm -hmm. and other ones you know get people outraged um and it's it's interesting to see you know there there's been uh, and you know i've been i've been reading yeah. up on this and and watching the message boards and and everything and you know i i've seen people who are you know complaining about uh, you know about the the ancient one being made white, but then we've got Nick Fury and Heimdall mm -hmm. and uh, Valkyrie uh, being black. And what do you think? Where where is the line between being true to the comics and being true to you know like so somebody brought up I think on on our Facebook group, you know it should have been Stephanie Strange instead of Stephen Strange. Where, what are your thoughts on being true to the comics versus, you know, updating it maybe for, for the modern world or, um, you know, trying to include more diversity? Where do you think the balance is with that? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I love diversity as much as the next person. I also love being true to the source material. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, someone once um, when I complained about, uh, about, this, about this very thing, um, and they brought in 
Star Trek, or I can't, or I can't. No, remember I think it was, it was 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 it me bringing up Star Wars and Darth Vader? No, no, oh, okay. it was someone else. But you know, they said, well, you should have a problem with this character mm-hmm. not being played by somebody of their nationality, and I'm like, I do, I do have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. This is this is if a character is written as Asian in my mind um, and was created to be Asian or was created to be white or was created mm-hmm. to be black. That's that's what they should be. To me, it's about being uh, true to the source material. But mm-hmm. with that said, I don't mind diversity at all. Look, um, in the ultimate line of comics, Nick Fury is made to look just like Samuel L. Jackson. Right, which came out so before the, the yeah. movies did, right? Yeah, I mean, they pretty much had to seek out kind of – well, they didn't really seek out his permission in the comics to do that. Uh-huh. But I think but when I think they he was happy came around it, right? to casting, yeah. he was like, well, you better get me then. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, there, there are aspects to each of these characters that, it, you know, it, it works for them. Uh, obviously, um, what is it? Um, Hogan mm-hmm. is, is white in the comics, but he's played by an Asian actor, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's perfectly – fine um you know if you know you're gonna get some like if you're gonna get idris elba in in a movie you get idris elba because he's awesome of course yeah so i think you know you don't i wouldn't say you stray too far away from the original material because then you alienate a large part of the audience that's going to go see it but that certainly doesn't mean that you don't give an opportunity for diversity where you can Right. And I think that means that we've gotten a lot of great actors and a lot of great performances out mm-hmm. of this that maybe we wouldn't have if we cast uh, a white actor to be Hogan or a white actor to be Heimdall mm-hmm. uh, instead of instead of the the wonderful gentleman that we got. Right. Um, and, you know, it's people complain about Tilda Swinton being white. Well, what about Tilda Swinton playing a character being awesome. <laughs> by me? That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, because because she's she's both white and female, neither of which yeah. was was the case. Um, and uh, and we've discussed on this uh, program before that, you know, it's it's desperate. It's also trying to avoid the stereotype, right? And that's why you cast somebody else, because otherwise, well, you've got the Asian master teaching the white man the ways of the force right and and we're gonna have that enough when we get to when we get to iron fist um but uh but yeah that's that's a that's a painful cliche that you know that you know 15 20 years ago didn't seem like a big deal but now it does um and and i don't i don't see that as you know some people say that's political correctness run amok but you know to me it's it's just learning sensitivity, you know. It's, yeah, it's learning and, to consider other people's perspective. Right, and when these characters were created, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. people didn't think about that. Right. And now, now we do. Now we're a little more aware of how this makes others feel, so we're adapting it, I think, to be more understanding and to play less off of the stereotypes. Right, absolutely, and, you know... Uh, I my mom is is 85 and uh, you know I I tease her about the fact that sometimes when she's talking about African Americans she will say colored 
And her first, the first time that I lost it when she right. said that, she said, well, isn't that the word you're supposed to use as opposed to the N-word? And yeah, I well, said, well, not well, not anymore, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, and, but she was she was completely open minded about it. She just was she just was not familiar with saying and and yeah. and she was the first person, I think, to make the excellent point to me that she says, why, why would we say African-Americans? That's that's saying that they're in some way less American. You know, should we be European Americans? And I was like, that's a very good point. Um, but uh, I've uh, I've joked before that sometimes I'm tempted in in surveys to write down Scottish American. I know, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I tease my mom and yeah. when she accidentally accidentally slips and says colored, I'm like, so is that green or purple or you know or it's, what? It's like that episode of um, Doctor Who where they meet Shakespeare and Shakespeare goes over. A list of uh, terms for Martha that would have been perfectly acceptable in his day and age. Right. But no one would ever call that now. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and that's that. That's that's a very good point. Um, of course, the one of the things that this brings up when we're talking about uh, race switching and you know changing characters and trying to get away from stereotypes is, of course, the Mandarin, and that's that's also mm-hmm. another case of. Uh, I think of Marvel looking at what they had previously, which was a a super racist stereotype um, of uh, Trevor Trevor Slattery. Thank well, you very much. Y- yes, but that's but, kind of a stereotype in and of itself. But that's a different. That's that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different one. Key. Yes, but <laughs> uh, but the original uh, the original Mandarin was you know an an evil yeah. Chinaman you know, and so in trying to get away from that. That, that pissed off a lot of people because they were trying to do something different from the comics because the comics were super offensive. But Yeah, uh, I mean, because we've got him, uh, we've got actually um, Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu, his father is, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. That's okay. The, it's basically the original kind of yellow peril. Right, right. Um, character, I, God, and that's I and that's the kind of was. that's the kind of thing where you know back when it was first being developed, um, that was not seen by the people reading it as you know a super offensive stereotype. Um, the the world was very different back then, and now we're you know we're a lot more sensitive and a lot more aware of. Uh, other cultures and stuff, and so I don't have any problem with it making things a little bit more sensitive. Certainly, um, the other issue, and I think we've mentioned this on the show mm-hmm. before, um, with changing the race of the ancient one was that uh, in the comics, I believe he was Tibetan, right? Yes, which, if you want your movie to be shown in China, isn't going to fly. Exactly. So, you know, Marvel. Marvel's a company, they need to make money, and to completely eliminate the entire Chinese market would have been a very bad move. So rather than being mm-hmm. in Tibet, this is in Nepal. You know, rather than yeah. it it being the ancient one, we've got the, well, the, the Asian ancient one, we've got the Celtic ancient one. Yeah, and they do, Mordo does kind of insinuate at one point to strange, it's a title that's been passed down, right. like, almost like the... Um, like the Dalai Lama, it's a, like exactly. a reincarnation sort of thing. Uh, so the 
but the ancient one can be whoever, whenever. Right, exactly. So uh, and uh, it was uh, Fu Manchu. Oh, right, of course, like Fu Manchu. Fu, Man- yes. Fu Manchu in the comics is the father of Shang Chi, the master master of kung fu. Gotcha. Um, and that was very much like the original Yellow Peril character. Right. Right. Is Fu Manchu. So it's like we get rid of him, we get rid of the, we change where we when we don't well we haven't even seen uh, Shang Chi at all yet. But right. That's a different matter. But we get rid of. Uh, the, or we change the Mandarin, we change the ancient one. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you know, just to to divert to Doctor Who for a second, since that's yeah. that's a fandom that you and I have, and many of our our listeners as well. A little while ago, we reviewed the Talons of Wang Chiang, and I love mm-hmm. that episode. It is fantastic. It is yes. it is racist on the on the surface, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is still bad. It's subversive of that. But uh, yeah. but but it's still you know you couldn't make that episode now just like there's all kinds of James Bond movies that you couldn't make now that doesn't and mean even the, and even the main villain in or Wang, Wang Chiang himself right plays into the stereotype exactly. as part of his greater scheme exactly because like I said in that case it's actually very subversive once you once you drill mm-hmm. down into it but on the surface it does it does come off as very racist but um but anyway in, enough about... and it's another Sherlock reference actually the whole thing oh yes yes in Talons of Wang Chang yes absolutely and, yeah, and, and the doctor wears a deer stalker and everything so yeah but anyway and... so getting getting past that we've uh, we've We've got uh, another, um, before we sort of go in beat by beat, uh, another thing that uh, you and I were, were discussing on, on Saturday and mm-hmm. uh, we decided to leave it uh, to discuss now is where does this fit in the MCU? Specifically, where does it fit time-wise? It's very interesting because, you know, we get several references. Um, we get the whatever the age of the uh, the Air Force pilot in the experimental suit was, uh, right. Strange becomes very interested in before his crash. Or very, actually, uh, actually he, he blows it off, I, I believe. You know, he, he they, they say, oh, what about yeah, this? And he's yeah. like, oh, anyone could do that. I, I you know, I, I, I deserve better, basically. I need something that, sort of like House. I need a real challenge. Exactly. He's like, anyone can, can do that surgery. I want something that's more oh. challenging. And, um, you know, one of the opening shots in New York, we see Avengers Tower. Right. So it's got to be, you know, at the very least, uh, starts off between Avengers and Age of Ultron. Or at least Avengers and Winter Soldier, because we see the tower mm-hmm. in Winter Soldier. Right, right. Um, very briefly, we also get in Winter Soldier, uh, Zola's algorithm names Stephen Strange. right. Right, and that's that's a that's a very good point, and this is something where I've I've seen it rehashed several times online, but um, you know my impression when that came up, you know some people were have been saying oh well it was brought up because he was a really really gifted surgeon. I, I really don't think that he would have been brought up in that context just for being a really good surgeon. Yes, a a gifted surgeon is such a danger to Hydra. Right, exactly. What I assumed was the case there was that um, that Zola's algorithm was somehow able to predict that he was going to become somebody who would be a threat to Hydra. They just didn't know how at the time. Maybe. Because otherwise, why would he have shown up on their radar at all? You know, unless 
uh, Zola had had some way of predicting what was going to happen. But but anyway, so we know that, mm-hmm. that they were aware of him. Some people have taken that as they knew that as a Winter Soldier that he was a sorcerer. I don't think that's necessarily the case. So yeah, I mean, we really don't know what Zola's algorithm pegged him right. for as a danger. Right. You know, we, we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. It was it was black box, you know, magic technology that, that they never had mm-hmm. to explain. So it could mean whatever. I have only seen it once and didn't uh, didn't notice this the first time. I know someone has said that uh, at one point, I know they pan across like a wall of certificates and awards and, and whatnot. And mm-hmm. someone online said that one of those was dated 2016 or one or more of them. If that's okay. the case, then that would mean it would have to be now. I don't personally uh, recall that, but but who knows? And then um, as we we're saying, I wasn't sitting that close to the screen, so I can't really say. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But but um, you know maybe, there are people out be... there who, who you know probably had their you know binoculars or something. Yeah. But uh, of course, yeah. And then the other thing which we've we've mentioned is the experimental test pilot, uh, who has his uh, I forget how they put it, like his lower extremities or, or his lower spine or something like that, crush, um, while uh, yeah. while using experimental armor or something, and which is a very thing that we see in um, Iron Man too. Well, it's it's in Iron Man too when you're talking about like the hammer droids. Yeah. stuff that's true but at the same time if this is taking place in the present that sounds like exactly what happened to Rhodey. now i know your point was that it wasn't experimental armor right but at the same time if they're trying to preserve any kind of anonymity you know they could say oh it's war machine from the avengers but if they're trying to you know be at all vague because they don't say they don't come right out and say who it is so I mean, it's experimental insofar as it's not something that that is in mass production. It's not something that there's more than two right. of out, well, however many are in Tony's basement. But As far as we know, I mean, somebody could still be trying to make their own. True. Um, and, uh, but I they mean, do, they do mention... specifically say, I believe, an Air Force colonel, don't they? Yeah, and but not to mention um, – they don't have to hide it if it's Rhodey. Right. You know, they could say Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes. Well, they could, but at the same time, you know, they could say they could say people's names in general. But whenever they, you know, they, they say, you know, uh, you know, thirty-five-year-old uh, adult female, you know, with gunshot wound or something like that, that just seems like a convention of of the form. If if not in real life, then you know, cinematically, that's what we're used to. But um, but all of this is kind of moot because I believe uh, the director was doing an Ask Me Anything yeah. on Reddit, right? Yeah, and he said it's it's actually not Rhodey or uh, the pilot from Iron Man 2. So, you know, I guess, I mean, there, there's a part of me that feels like that's, I mean, either that's that's crappy continuity because you you had the opportunity to have a cool Easter egg tie in there, and if it isn't either of those things, then that's disappointing, you mm-hmm. know. So I don't I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. At the same time, it also begs the question: who out who else out there is screwing around with experimental armor? True, true. 
But uh, like I said, if there are any uh, eagle-eyed viewers out there or listeners, viewers of the movie, listeners to to us, uh, who go back and, and watch, let us know if uh, if it says 2016 on any of those certificates. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I remembered. I, I could have sworn that they said a 54-year-old uh, Air Force colonel. And uh, I know there are other people online that were saying, no, they were sure it was 35. And, you know, no offense to Rhodey, but he ain't 35. <laughs> I don't know that many 35-year-old colonels, too. <laughs> There's that, too. There's that, too. But uh, but who knows? So, all right. So uh, I guess let's let's dive in. Um, yes. Obviously, the, the visuals were amazing. Mm-hmm. Did you see it in 3D? Uh, yeah, the first time I definitely went and saw it in 3D, and it's it's quite a trip, especially uh, once the Angel One casts him through kind of his little dimension hopping bit there. Right. Yeah. You mean the the, the first one when when uh, she's chasing after um, uh, that guy? No, I mean when she's like open your mind. Oh, and that she yes. Him on that dimensional journey. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's that is yeah. Trippy is is definitely the right word for it that was that was pretty what was in that tea? Hmm? what was in that tea exactly exactly but uh but yeah i also saw it in 3d did you now did you see it in in regular for the second time you saw it i did i just kind of wanted to see if there was much of a difference mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe to me i'm not as impressed by 3d it just wasn't it wasn't that different mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's been always been my reason for not shelling out for it because like I did Age of Ultron in 3D and was and again I went back afterwards and was like meh that was that was not that good. Um, I think it was definitely cool. I think it definitely added something to the experience um, mm-hmm. in seeing it. But um, I, I think that yeah this this is one that everyone was like you have to see it in 3D. I, I think that has has pretty much burned me on, on 3D. Not that it was bad, last, but... I think the last uh, movie I saw in 3D that was that made great use of 3D mm-hmm. um, was the third, or, oh, no, yeah, fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah? Film. That made a big difference? Yeah, you know, because there's, there's that scene where, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz. Yep thrusts her sword through the door mm-hmm. uh, and it goes right beside Johnny Depp's face. And it actually came out at me, which oh, was neat. impressive. Very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that I think 3D was cool for this. I don't think that, you know, if if you have a if you have a choice, I don't know that I would necessarily shell out for it. But uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. if if they do not get the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, then I'm sorry, there there ain't no justice in this world because that was that was pretty amazing. Just yeah. all through the movie, it was it was great. Um, we would hope for Academy Awards in other categories, but it's been proven that you pretty much have to die if you're in a comic book movie. There's there's that and you know but we used to we used to say that you know that that fantasy movies couldn't get that and then uh you know Return of the King did very well so I I don't know that yeah I, they wait until Return of the King to give it to that's it, very true that's very true but uh, but yes we we would hope for at least best visual effects because this was this was some some next level stuff here so what did you think uh about Stephen Strange as a character and was it consistent with the comics? 
It's one of those things um, where, you know, we make the Iron Man comparison. And even in the comics, uh, Tony and Steven are very similar Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of arrogant uh, jerks who (laughs) get humbled by their by uh, by an accident Mm -hmm. and have to learn to be better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they definitely did that with Strange and he still got his sense of humor Mm -hmm. and a little bit of his arrogance. even towards the end, um, of course, he's he's much more humbled by the end of this, right. especially in his his kind of his sacrifice of time over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Um, but I think they did really well with him, and I think they I think he transitions from being the arrogant know it all to kind of the wise sorcerer mm-hmm. by the end of it. Absolutely, um, that that scene that he has with with Christine, where they're like washing up after the after the surgery um, on. Uh, on the ancient one, that's, I mean, I thought that was a fantastic scene and that, that I I think Cumberbatch did, did a fantastic job with that. Um, just showing how far strange had come where he, where he takes her hand and everything. Yeah. And they, somebody pointed out, uh, in one, in one review, I read that it's kind of, it also shows that their relationship is past the point of being mended, even though they can be friends again, right. they're, they'll never be what they were. Right, right. He like he did too much damage the last time they saw each other. Right, and that was, personally, that was another thing that I liked about this, was that um, Marvel has actually done very well with not having just, you know, arm candy girlfriends in general, and not having, uh, you know, female characters whose only purpose is is to be, you know, rescued or, or whatever. Um, but this was refreshing because it was it was an ex, and they obviously still still cared about each other. But there really, I didn't feel like there was right. any romance there at all in that relationship. That was that was long yeah. gone. And you know what? For me, as a comic book fan, it it leaves open in the possibility the sequel might have Clea in it, who is a major love uh-huh. interest of his, and is also a powerful sorceress in her own right. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So that's that's awesome, and and I'm I was I was very happy with the way that he uh, he played that transformation. Um, for me, one of the things where when people make an Iron Man comparison is that. I think that it's it's certainly tough because obviously Robert Downey Jr. is outstanding as Tony Stark, and Tony is he's a jerk. They're they're both jerks on some level in terms of being insensitive and not caring. But even as Tony gets gets better, he's still very very funny. In, in an insensitive jerk kind of way most of the time, but he's very, very witty and very funny. <laughs> and that just isn't Strange's style. You know, when we when we had comedic moments, it was it mm-hmm. was generally uh you know, there was things like some of the physical comedy with the cape, which was awesome. Yeah. There was the uh the, the fun little thing of uh of uh oh God, what how did that, that scene go with um which one? Uh, the one with Mads Mikkelsen's character, uh, where the, when they first meet. Oh yeah, the uh, you know, Mister Doctor. Yes, that's right. Mister Doctor. Mister Doctor. It's strange. It, actually, it's strange. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? That's right. You know, that was that was a good little little comedic bit, but it definitely wasn't. It it, it wasn't the the same style as Tony Stark. Nor should it be. 
but it meant that he came off as I think a little bit less charming. But um, but again, it's we we don't want him to just be a carbon copy of another character. Right. It's it's different, but it's the same. Um, <laughs> the same but different. The same but different. However you want to look at sure, it. Sure. Sure. Um, so what did you think of Baron Mordo? Actually, I don't know if he's ever referred to as Baron Mordo, right? Just Mordo? No, just, uh, they go by Carl Mordo, like his actual name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. Um, it was interesting to me because in the comics, Mordo is essentially an antagonist to Steven from the start. Right. Um, uh, he actually, the, the way that Steven realizes that he wants to be a hero is that, you know, he catches Mordo trying to kill the Ancient One. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um... So this is more like a start of darkness sort of story for him. Right. Um, I, I think that, that it's... I thought it was very cool because just as it's, you know, obviously it's an origin movie for Strange, but I think it's also kind of an origin movie for Mordo as well because it's it shows you how he came to be what he's going to be in the next movie, presumably, which is a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get that foreshadowing when, um, when strange and the ancient one have their conversation out in the astral plane right. or they're in their astral forms. It's like, he won't accept this because he is very, he's very black and white and very rigid in his thinking. Right. He's, he's, but you, you're willing to bend the rules. Right. Exactly. I mean, it all comes down to D&D in the end, and basically Strange is chaotic and Mordo is lawful. Um, and that's that that's mm-hmm. just the, the most clear-cut alignment thing that I have seen in, in quite a while. But, yeah, I think I, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is, is an amazing actor, and I thought that, that, no that his portrayal was fantastic throughout. Um most people probably know this, but it was it was fun because, of course, they had appeared in a movie together previously. They were both in Twelve Years of Sl- a Slave. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I forgot that Cumberbatch. Was oh in yes, that. yes, and and uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor was was the title character in that, and uh, Cumberbatch played the the with air quotes around it the nice slave owner. Um, at least as compared to the uh, Michael Fassbender slave owner, who was horrifically bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, they, they had appeared in something together previously. But uh, I, I thought he was fantastic, and I thought seeing, um, having the emotional impact of having somebody who was your friend and your mentor who helped you become what you are, and then to have mm-hmm. them turn into a bad guy, I think is going to be much more powerful, much better drama than if yeah. he was just a bad guy. I think that 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 Mordo is going to be the bad guy that we've been waiting for for the for the last fourteen movies. You know, other that that's you know that's always said to be one of the biggest weaknesses of the MCU is that our our villains. Our villains in the movies in particular have not been real strong, in part because they haven't gotten enough screen time to build up. Yeah. Um, and, that, and you know, on that point, this movie kind of suffers from that, too, in a sense, mm-hmm. um, in the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we get a little about Caecilius' background, but we don't really get to see why he does what he does. Right. Or we don't really get much of an explanation other than when he's chained up in his Hannibal Lecter moment. Right. 
And and I think that I think that we get more from him than we do from uh for example Yellow Jacket or um mm-hmm. or uh Eccleson's character in in Dark World or yeah. or a number of Malachith. others Malekith. Yes, that's right. Um I I feel like there's more explanation, and part of that probably is also that Mads Mikkelsen is a fantastic actor, and he's able to do a lot with the little bit that they do give him. Yeah, um, and I think I, I remembered reading somewhere that he is um, part of the reason he took the role was like on the realization that he would get to do some kung fu. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. But yeah, he's you know I think that. He's much better than most of the villains that we've had. Um, he, you know, it it was it was a situation where he wasn't having to. It wasn't like we had multiple villains like we've had with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for example, the second and third Iron Man movies, where they were both so split out that there wasn't any time to, do, you know, really get to to know yeah. the motivations for either. Um, I think he was still Although a step this up. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a, this was a bit more like. Um... Like Whiplash than it was like um, like Malekith mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, you know, we got we got a little bit of his background and why he does what he does and why right. he thinks this way, but maybe not as much as we should have. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I agree with 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 all of that. Um, so a minor character that we had that uh, I'm wondering, uh, I don't know if he's uh, if he's mentioned in the comics or what, but um, uh, the the guy who uh, Strange had had uh, uh, seen before, who um, oh, so the Benjamin Bratt guy, the the one that uh, that went to Jonathan Pangborn, yeah. Yes, yes, Jonathan Pangborn is is he from the comics as well? Um, let me check. He doesn't really strike a note with me. Because uh, it... I'll tell you, I can tell you who else is a character. Mm-hmm. Um, like Christine Palmer is one. Right. Um, she's actually one of several characters who has been called the night nurse, right. um, including Claire Temple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's also Nicodemus West, who was the uh, other doctor. You remember the other doctor that he didn't want to uh, to have as his second is uh, shows up in a comic book called The Oath, mm-hmm. where he, after witnessing Strange's recovery for himself, he goes to find the ancient one and becomes a student and decides to use his, his gifts for healing, but ultimately makes the decision like Mordo does at the end of this movie mm-hmm. that there don't need to be sorcerers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it will be neat to see if, uh, if he becomes, uh, if, if he becomes a character as well later on. Uh, I'd say it's probably unlikely because they seem to have taken the elements from his character that made him an interesting antagonist, yeah, and put them into Mordo. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Edge of Forest said that his his version of Mordo is a combination of a few different characters from Doctor Strange's right. uh, history. So, so yeah, it it sounds like they're probably folding folding that in as opposed to um, mm-hmm. as opposed to having him become something on his own. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so, any anything else? Uh, what, what, what did you What did you think of Christine as a character? Um, I liked her actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not the traditional um, 
you know, love interest. Mm-hmm. It's it's obviously them after their relationship has long since ended. She very clearly still cares about him, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe not in the same not in the same way as before. Mm-hmm. So she's not fawning over him. They're not trying to build up some big romance right. between the two of them. They're ex lovers, they're friends and their colleagues. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's shown to be every much capable uh, a capable doctor mm-hmm. and someone who is definitely not in it for the glory like he is she stands as a as a counter or as a distant counterpart to him right and a reflection of what he could be right she's she's an er doctor she just you know takes people as they come in she doesn't pick and choose her cases you know right. they're you know she's she's very much set up as as a contrast to him i think that's that's a very mm-hmm. good point um and uh and yeah i think you know, as with everybody in this movie, I don't think there was there was a single weak performance out of out of the whole batch of them. Um, I think the acting was great, and and Tilda Swinton, oh my God, <laughs> she's just <laughs> she's so amazing. I think that um, that that's something where because uh, we were we were at one point in the Facebook group today, we were talking about whether or not it passes the Bechdel test. Of course, with you know how many female characters and do they have agency and you know do they talk to each other about something other than men and blah blah blah. Obviously, didn't have an overabundance of female characters in this. Although I did like the fact right. that uh, that uh, Caecilius, one of uh, his minions, was was a woman uh, in this, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. But um, yeah, none of the of course none of the women actually talk to each other. Right, exactly. Which kind of raises the point i don't know if you can really i mean technically the ancient one had a gender in this but she was about the most mm-hmm. agendered asexual character that that i've seen not just in the mcu but in pretty much anything in recent memory you know she was she was is... not a feminine character yeah, which is typically, you know, when you want Tilda Swinton, you want Tilda Swinton right. for that kind of asexual quality that she brings. Right, right, exactly. So, she, I mean, like you'll see that she ends up with a lot of those roles. Right. I mean, the first thing that I saw her in was Orlando, which was a, an amazingly good movie based on an amazingly good book. But but anyway, yes, she she plays very non uh, non gendered characters. So yeah, and very very androgynous. Right. And um, they definitely, like, the movies that she's been in largely play into that. Right. And so, you know, the the Bechtel test is really set up on a a gender binary scale. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we're going with gender binary, then, you know, arguably she has the most agency and the most power of any female character that we've ever seen in the MCU. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not 100% sure that we should should classify her that way. I just, I've never... You know, the more I I look into the Bechdel test, the Mm -hmm. more I'm just not very impressed with it as a way of determining if a female character is is good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think think it has anything to do with whether or not a character is good. I I don't think that – I just don't find it useful. I mean, if you look Mm -hmm. at something like Avengers – Yes, there's basically only only one character that that has significant screen time, um, which is of course Black Widow, and she doesn't have any conversations with other female characters. But you can't tell me that she's not a strong character and that she doesn't have agency. She absolutely does. Although, 
You can argue, though, her scene in the farmhouse with... Um, in Age of Ultron. With Hawk... Yeah, in yeah in, in the farmhouse in Age of Ultron mm-hmm. with uh, Hawkeye's wife. They actually end up talking about a man after uh, right. after she reveals that the the gender of her new or of her uh, her kid upcoming baby is right. is male instead of female. <laughs> well, technically, technically, but I yeah. think that's there's still their conversation is still uh, around the yes. fact that that she has a relationship with with Hawkeye. But but anyway, yeah, the the Bechdel test, I. I Yes, this flunks it, but no, I don't think that that's that's a big deal. So, all right, we are we are drawing towards the close. So, why don't we mm-hmm. go ahead and uh, and do ratings? So, what should what should we do here? I mean, should we do cloaks? Mm. Should we do uh, sling rings? Yeah, all right, sling rings. Otherwise, my suggestion was going to be you know. Eye of Agamotto's, but that's just that's way too long to say. Fair enough. Say. Fair enough. All right. So on a scale of one to five, with one one to five sling rings, with one being terrible and five being best sling ring ever, how would you rate Doctor Strange? I'm gonna go with a four. Um, this was definitely, I think, one of my more favorite Marvel movies because we've it's the first time we've really gotten a solo character in his kind of his own universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, like an origin story, and people say they hate origin stories, but some people's origin stories are really important, and you have to tell them. Mm-hmm. And his is one. Um, and I thought the action was great. The um, the the acting on the part of Cumberbatch was great because you know you notice even up to the end his hands oh, yeah. still tremble from the nerve damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he turns he turns the uh, scalpel over to West and says, "Here, you do it." Yeah. Um, you know, he, he never forgets that for one second during the movie. Um, but in the visuals, just amazing. Um, even the villain, like we've had some cardboard cut out. Ha ha ha. I'm evil villains. Yeah. yeah. But Kaiselius has a reason for what he's doing. He has a background. He gets a little bit more time to explain himself mm-hmm. than some of the ones that we've gotten recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Derrickson. You know, I've never seen a movie of his before. Um, I know he's a hard director, so it probably explains why. But mm-hmm. um, he did a good job with this, and he did a good job kind of making uh, a superhero movie slightly scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the music I've been listening to all weekend, so uh-huh. Michael Giacchino brought his kind of sweeping scores from Star Trek over into this. Oh, okay. And it worked out really well. So... It's not the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. I think that still goes to Civil War at this point, mm-hmm. but um, it is is up there, and it was a great, I think, return to form for Marvel. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm going to give this a four point five. Um, this this actually uh, has made it into my my top five movies. I, I try okay. not to. I try not to actually like do a, a full ranking. I've got like the top batch, the bottom batch, and everything in between. Um, I do know my my tippy top is still a Winter Soldier, and my very bottom is of course Thor: The Dark World. Um, but I think I think this is definitely in the top five or six for me. Um, right. I, I agree that it was it was a very good origin story. I think that um, you know they all. The, the, one of the, I always say it, but the great thing about Marvel is they they understand that to make a, a, a superhero movie, it just needs to have a superhero in it, 
That that superhero mm-hmm. does not define the genre. It can be all kinds right. of different things. And this was a very mystical, uh, you know, uh, self-discovery kind of movie um, about, you know, learning about a whole different world that we haven't seen at all in the MCU. It they This director had a big challenge in terms of having to define a whole new visual style for, for the movies. Um, you know, each... Each of the heroes and each of the the series has its own style in general, mm-hmm. but they had to do something very different, much like they had to with with the quantum realm in uh, in Ant Man. Um, but I think that he did an amazing job. Obviously, the visuals were just fantastic. I think that that again, our, our villain was a step up from uh, from what we've seen in in the last few movies. Um, you know, I think that. I think that part of that is, you know, having a great actor, but they gave him, you know, more to work with than they have in, in some other movies, certainly. Um, and I feel like we have set up Mordo to be the coolest villain that we've had in ages. Uh, for, for those of you, probably anyone listening to this has probably seen Serenity. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, his his last shot uh, in the in the stinger scene just reminded me of the fact that that this is the guy who played the operative. Um, and this is a good death. Exactly, exactly. You know that that detached. Um, I know I am doing the right thing. You know the the whole mm-hmm. idea of you know what's what's his line in Serenity? Something like you know. Uh, you know, there there is no place for me in a in a good world or something. This this is going to be the guy mm-hmm. who is setting things right, but is willing to do the bad things for for what he believes is a good cause. So, right. I love how that's been set up. My biggest complaint, I think, is that as mind bendingly gorgeous as the visuals were, I think I would have liked to trim them back a little bit to get a little bit more character development. Um. You know, obviously the fight scenes were great, the visuals were great, but I think I think less is is more to some extent. Once you once mm-hmm. you see the Inception space folding stuff, you know it. You, you don't you don't need to see it for another fifteen minutes. <laughs> Not that it was fifteen minutes, but I think that that trimming that back would have made for for a better movie overall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I enjoyed it very much. I am going to try and catch it at least one more time before it's out of theaters. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I guess we haven't plug- plugged your cosplay page in a while. You want to give people a reminder of where they can find that? Oh, yeah, they can find it at Agent Doctor. I've been uh, even horrible about updating lately. I, I updated with a picture from uh, from Halloween. Good, okay. haven't done much else. So, so what do you have in in the works for uh, next year? What are you, what are you working on costume wise? Oh, right now I'm really just kind of upgrading things. I mm-hmm. want to redo some parts of Vision. I want to uh, buy new, better pieces for for Captain America. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, I don't have really anything else. You're gonna from get the Coulson's MCU bomber plan. jacket, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I, I am gonna get Coulson's bomber jacket at some point, and I have somebody needling me to make the light shield. <laughs> Well, I, t- I talked. I, Intent. I, yeah, I know. Well, I, t- I talked with some people, and it sounds like it's a doable thing. Even, even it if, is, if you want to get totally somebody else to do it, thing. but it's uh, just, yeah, it just depends on whether I I, I want to put the resources. Oh, into sure, it or not. sure. I, I just I, I just think that 
Colson deserves to have that. You you need to have that for. And, and like I said, if if uh, if you get that, I will consider doing doing an ancient one thing. If somebody can make me the uh, the combat fans that she had, because those were awesome. Yeah, those were really nice, and you know, another excellent visual in this movie. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, we are going to be actually off for a large chunk of uh, of November because um, we've got, of course. Uh, we would have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, but there's some kind of voting thing going on, I'm told. I, I don't really know. Um, the end of the world, the fate of humanity is at stake. Hopefully. Well, who knows? Who knows what will happen? All it's right, a I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit. But... Well, it will, it will already be... We will know what the ending is by the time we uh, this this gets out to people. But but anyway, that that does yes. mean that Agents of Shield is off this week. Uh, it's actually going to be off for most of this month. Um, so we are gonna we've got one more uh, episode to uh, to do of um, the regular uh, season of Agents of Shield, and then we will be taking a little bit of time off. We may do a may do a news show, maybe not. We'll keep you in suspense to quote another uh, celebrity in the news quite a bit right now who happens to be a presidential candidate. But uh, we will, we, as I said, we will be back with one more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then we will be taking a break, and you will see us again in December, if not before then. So thank you all very much, and we look forward to talking to you again. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.